Hey, listen to Commander Cookout Podcast, episode 27. I'm Brando. I'm here with Ryan. Today we're wrapping up our arc of the unexpected with some unexpected wind conditions. Before that, hit our theme song! Hey, Ryan, we're back for another exciting adventure. How you doing? We are back. What is going down? Not a ton. Although, something new on the show. We're recording late into the wee hours of the night. Oh, I know. I just got back from Edmonton. From... The richest wedding I've ever been to. Do tell. Um, well, the mom owns her own dental clinic. The dad owns his own dental clinic. Oh, the shit. The father and mother of the groom were farmers, trucking companies in Alberta for the last X amount of years. Now the guy has a master's in engineering. Oh, the bride, she's a dentist too. Open bar. Whole lordy. People flew in from like <laughs> the States and people were there from Las Vegas. Um, super fancy, super good food, but super far away. So tell me, Montel, why wasn't I invited to the party? Oh. Uh... Like there was an open bar I could have gone. <laughs> I probably could have snuck in there and nobody even noticed me. Who's that weird long hair on the table? I don't know. <laughs> Who's the long hair? <laughs> oh, I blend right in with the truckers in Alberta. Oh, okay. No, I there was totally no truckers do. at this wedding. They they weren't invited either. <laughs> I got to show you, and I'm going to post on Twitter for the uh, for the CCO Nation to see the super awesome, funny pictures that we took. Me and my brother-in-law, he's got a huge beard and put on a Chewbacca mask, and the beard hung out the bottom of the Chewbacca mask. <laughs> super sick. And then I put on this wolf mask, but it was like a real, like, looked like a real dog with real like dog fur and I tucked it into my collar of my suit and I had this suit and tie on with this dog mask and then I put a I put a Donald Trump make America great again hat on and we took the most phenomenal pictures ever. Ooh. They're wedding? super creepy but super funny. Wedding pictures that aren't terrible. I like that. Yep. That's that's different. Yep. And was- oh, um Blue Jays won final game of the season. For them. <laughs> that, oh, <laughs> damn it. That uh Broncos won. Excellent. Lions won. Also excellent. And what was the other one? I don't know. Saskatchewan Rough Riders, CFL, won. How? They all won. All my favorite teams won. That's good. Yep. That's that's excellent. Not what we're talking about, though. This is a Magic the Gathering, specifically Commander podcast. Yes, Uh, it is. Do you want to go into where they can find us? I sure do. You can find us at CCO Podcast on Twitter and tappedout.net. No list for you this week. But uh, any of the lists we have talked about and we'll talk about in the future are going to be there. We're commandercookout at gmail.com on the Gmail. We're also commandercookout on Podomatic, iTunes, Google Play, the Google Machine. And if you just kind of look for us, you'll also find us on Commander Society. Yes, and we're going to take this opportunity to talk a little bit about that because we are going through a little bit of a rebranding process right now. We're working on a new logo. I think that it's finalized. I just got to go over the final design with Brando. He doesn't actually know that I confirmed it, and it's already decided, but... Eh. What? He... What? It's really good. It's Excellent. Nice. It's, right. it's super clean. You're going to recognize it as the new Commander logo now, and it, we're going to have a symbol associated with our name, so when you see it on a computer screen or maybe T-shirts or possible other merchandise, if you're interested Ooh. in that, um, it's going to be super recognizable both as a commander kind of um, symbol and the CCO symbol all at the same time. I like both of those things. Maybe beer coasters. You guys tell us. What do you want? We're thinking about it. We're tossing around the idea of, of, of the merchandising and of the Patreon and, and what have you because we've been asked a little bit and we don't want to be just another one that 
you know, we go on, we hit record, and we start begging for money because we want to make sure that Commander Cookout is always 100% free. And if you want to support the show in any way, you have the opportunity to do so, but not just because, and then you get nothing. No nudes. Uh, maybe if you get the new logo tattooed on your ass. Well, definitely. I was thinking, like, they might want nudes of us. Hmm. It's like, I'll support you if you send us some nudes. And I don't want to be that person. Maybe. I don't want to be a Snapchat model. I don't want that. Maybe. I learned about those last weekend. I don't I don't want to do that. What did you learn? That there are people who, if you give them money, they will send you pictures of their boobs on Snapchat. Isn't that on all of the internet? Well, yeah, but this is like a Patreon thing. Oh. Yeah. Um, so I, like, I, I don't want to do Maybe with the new logo, I'll make like a Tarzan-style butt flap? Well, I guess. Okay. Yeah, Technically, that's not nudes. it wouldn't be a nude, but it would be like, I don't know, I'll swing from a tree or something. Neat. Yeah, yeah, hopefully I stay covered, <laughs> especially because <laughs> it's getting cold out. Um, okay, so what are we talking about today? What magic are we talking? related. What are we talking about today, magic related? I think we wanted to talk about some unexpected ways to win games. We talk typically about attacking life totals or poison counters or milling decks or what have you, but there are lots of other interesting ways that you can win a game. God, I love that mic stand. Yeah, did anybody hear the mic stand there? <laughs> I think everybody heard We're the mic stand. We're in the stand. Wood Age ghetto studio. Yeah, late at night, can't get in the main main studio anymore. Nope. Weird. Anyways, unexpected win conditions, because this is the arc of the unexpected wrap-up show, and we want to kind of put a bow on it and tell you this is our final thoughts on the whole situation. Being unexpected, being an instrument of variance. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, it's like being an agent of chaos, but I'm not going to quote a Batman movie. Not that I don't like Batman movies. I just don't want to be that guy. Still a magic podcast. Still a magic podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so where should we start? Where do we start um, with unexpected win conditions? You have a couple written down. I have a couple kind of saved up in my mind's eye, and we're going to go through them and tell you why we think they are good or unexpected, where you can play them, what kind of, almost like a mini shelf, four, five, six card package that you can say, here's my here's my Mardu deck. These are the four or five card packages for that win con slot it in if you're building or if you kind of want to tweak or change or if you're already playing two or three of the cards you can take out two or three different ones and slot these other interesting weird win cons in so maybe so like your um your zergo helm smasher deck doesn't just win with world slayer you know what i mean like yeah. I, I have a I have a Mardu win con, but we're going to start with yours cuz you got it all written down tight and tidy there. I do have them all written down all neat now i'm going to start from my Nor and the Wary from the other week. Uh, episode 25. Yes. We Go kept, and listen. We kept talking about how it was a coin flipping deck. And I'm sure there were lots of people that were saying, why do you <sighs> want to flip coins? Used to be a coin flipping deck. Yep. It's not so much a coin flip deck anymore just for Game of Chaos. Look that card up. It's excellent. The most Brando card imaginable. Yep. But the original win condition of that deck and why there was the single tutor of Gamble, it wasn't to get Possibility Storm. It was to get a little baby called... Chance Encounter. Ch what? Chance Encounter is an enchantment for, I believe, Red Red 2. Give it the CCO read here. I was correct. Red Red 2 enchantment. Whenever you flip a coin, put a luck counter on Chance Encounter. At the beginning of your upkeep, if Chance Encounter has 10 or more luck counters on it, you win. Yeah, clean, I love winning. Clean and simple. And you don't even have to win. The flip. You just have to flip a coin. So Game of Chaos could theoretically lose. win you the game. You could lose. Yep. 
and it's it's so good. And you what you lose, but you win. Oh, exactly. I love it. That's how. That's why you listen to CCO podcast yeah, to learn how to win with losing. Yes, you're gonna play a ridiculous mechanic, and you're gonna be bad at it, and you're still gonna win. <laughs> I'm playing Crark's Thumb. Oh, I won that flip. I'm gonna reflip the coin for oh, another counter oh, on my chance on, encounter. You 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 brought up Kark, Crark's Thumb. Um, the guys over at Snow Covered Lands podcast were talking about Crark's Thumb because I guess in the Mirrodin story they did Mirrodin on one of their latest episodes. Welcome back, boys. Yeah, an awesome Mirrodin. I love it. Um, I was right in the thick of it, Mirrodin, and fuck, did it suck. Yeah. God, it was yes, so it good, but it was so bad. Thank you, Affinity. Yeah. It's almost like it's still around. Like yeah. It never left. Just, it never left. Let's ban this and that and this and everything and all that. And all that stuff gets banned out of all these other formats too. And it's still around. Yep. What the fuck were they thinking? I don't know. It's like they just won't ban Ravager. I used my two F-bombs. Dang it. If we swear anymore, we're going to be labeled explicit. <laughs> <laughs> That's how passionate I am about... Affinity and Mirrodin, holy man. We'll be careful. We use heck now. Heck. Heck I mean, Mirrodin. Yeah, we know what heck Anyways, means. they were talking about Crark's Thumb on Snow Covered Lands podcast, and uh, they were saying Crark's super lucky, and it's not like you're holding Crark's Thumb as like a symbol of luck like a rabbit's foot, but Crark always flipped coins in the story, so you have to use his thumb to flip the coin. It's like you just set it on his thumb and like flick the thumb and let the coin fall wherever. I that thought, is excellent. I thought that that was very romantic to think of what that would look like. Or hilarious. Yes. I like that better than I, romantic. Yeah, I, I didn't know that. I wasn't. Uh, I didn't follow the story super close. But anyways, Chance Encounter, part of a cycle in the Odyssey block. There was one for each color. We, we've mentioned them on, uh, what was the Turbo Fog Atraxa list? The original Turbo Traxa list had a couple of the other ones in there. There is Epic Struggle. That's the one if you have... 20 or more creatures. Right. You win the game. Yep. It's an enchantment for four. Green, yep. green, two. Would also go good in sapperling.deck. Sapperling.deck. That's uh, uh, Fungatraxa. Yes. You could put that in there. Yes, you could. And there's also Mortal Kombat. That's if you have... 10 bros in your graveyard. Is it 10 bros in your graveyard it, or is it 20 in all graveyards? It's 10 in yours. 10 in your graveyard. it would be in Hirobi AF. I would heck and put that right the heck into Hirobi. Yes. If it was 10 creatures in all graveyards. Yeah, so excellent. Yeah. Um, the white one is actually good in EDH because if you have 50 or more, or more life, you win the game. It yeah. goes in the same deck as um, one of my win conditions that we're going to talk about. It's it, called... Um, Felidar Sovereign? Is it Felidar Sovereign? It, it, it does Felidar Sovereign. Except Felidar Sovereign costs six, and you only need 40 life. This costs four, but you need 50. Brando's giving me the look. It's the look. The look. <laughs> it goes in the same deck that Sarah's Ascendant goes into, a 6-6 six, uh, six lifelinker flyer for one. For one. <laughs> for one. Same deck. Yeah, of course it is. Uh, what is it called? I don't know. The white one. You're asking me what a white card is called? Let's look it up. Test of Endurance. That's what it is. We had to think very hard. Terrible well, art, but we, awesome art. We, we also utilized the powers of the internet. Yes. As per our last arc. Arc of the internet. Yes. Oh, wow. Yeah. We, uh, we searched white enchantment from Odyssey Block. This one's actually from Judgment and highlighted rare. And a bunch of cards came up. A bunch of cool ones. Transcendence is on there. That really is a terrible piece of artwork, isn't it? <laughs> These two guys fighting each other with, like with a, what is that, a bone? Some kind of scepter? They're wearing socks? It's like He-Man fighting another balder He-Man. 
And He-Man is awesome. So this card managed to make him look lame. That's pretty sad. <laughs> yeah. The uh, the blue one in the cycle is called Battle of Wits. And depending on your playgroup, you could make that card work. Actually, I tried to play that card in this show's thing, but I oh, couldn't yeah. figure a way to do it. I wanted to do something like... Uh, What's that thing that brings all the Eldrazi you own? Sponsor Vulamog. That's so you, how you do it. You sponsor Vulamog all like a box of tokens or whatever, and you a box of them. You get all and then the you common Eldrazi's. Yeah, in. you get all the common Eldrazi's from uh, original Zendikar block and Battle for Zendikar block, and you sponsor for like his activated ability costs twenty, and you get Eldrazi's from outside of the game. Normally, you get them from your sideboard. If you're playing ten card EDH sideboard, that that still doesn't do it. So that's why I say you got to be okay with your play or your play group's got to be okay with you saying sponsor Ulamog, get every single Eldrazi I own, yeah. shuffle them into my deck or like Well, um, you put them into play and then you have to play something else to put them into your deck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Battle of Wits. Yeah, yeah, you go um it would be um an Azorius deck. You play Eldrazi, you play Test of or uh, Battle of Wits for blue. You play um like Terminus there you go. Shuffle all your creatures or put all your creatures on the bottom of your library. And then you search with um, Enlightened Tutor to draw Test of Endurance. Shit. Battle of Wits. Battle of Wits. Play Battle of Wits. Win the game. Because it says at the beginning of your upkeep, if you have 200 or more cards in your library, you win the game. That one costs five, though. And uh, it got reprinted. Yeah. It got reprinted in M15 and in Ninth edition. What? What the hell? Oh man, like, that's so great! The black one got reprinted too, actually. More uh, Mortal Kombat. I got it was in tenth edition. Mortal I think. Kombat. Um, yeah, so that's Battle of Wits. You could play it with Sponsor Ulamog. That's cool. Yeah, so the uh, back to kind of where we were going with that. Yeah, that yeah. Chance encounter. Yeah. Flipping coins. Easily, probably the worst one of the five. Again, red kind of got the shaft. Maybe Battle of Wits is worse of that cycle for Commander. For Commander, yeah. Yeah. But uh, I think the white one's easily the best for Commander because it's easy to gain 10 life. Oh, super easy to gain 10 life. Super easy. I mean, it's easy to put 10 guys in your graveyard too, but that's not what we're talking about. Although any of those things, unexpected and pretty good. Yeah. I like all those five cards. But I'd... way less janky than Chance Encounter, which is why we're talking about <laughs> Chance Encounter because flipping <laughs> coins is awesome. Who's your next one? Want to just go to the next one? The next one goes another, it's another throwback card. To a deck I actually think we th- I'm... We threw back like six times already. I know, but here we, we're going to go back again. Okay. Remember when we talked about Kami of the Crescent Moon? Yeah, episode five or six or something. And everything in the deck was a clone. Yeah. Remember? Yep. Now imagine if that cl- if that deck also had green in it. What would I do then? Ah, uh, uh, yes. That. The thing that you're doing. Because there are green clones, it turns out. Yeah, like um that, that one thing. Yep. Um, but we're going to get to him in a second. That The very thing you're thinking about. Yeah, that. And I'm going to clone a Biovisionary. Yes. Now, what's a Biovisionary? A Biovisionary <laughs> is, a, I think he's a 2-3 three for 3, like blue-green one. doesn't matter how big he is. Because if you have four of them in play, at the end of your turn. End of turn. None of this upkeep bullshit. At the end of your turn, if you have four of them, you win the game. Oh, I love winning the game. So... What do you do to get more than one of anything in EDH? You clone it. So you play it in your clone deck with a little ditty called Progenitor Mimic. That's the one. Which is green, blue, four, I think. At the beginning of your upkeep, it gets a, it makes a copy of itself. So you Biovisionary, Progenitor Mimic, bap, 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 win. Yep. 
so good. You could just kick or ride a replication. You could do that, that too. Would, that would do it. That's way less fun, though. There's way less variance there. Also, it's way less of an opportunity for you to just take infinite turns in blue and uh, and win that way. Yep. So yeah. I like I like BioVisionaries. Yeah. He would go in clone dot, uh, he would go in simic.clone.deck. Yep. Which is also good. Those clone decks are a lot of fun, actually. In EDH, they're super good because everybody's playing their bombs. Everybody's yeah. playing their big stuff. Geoffafa, uh, F-U, Geoff, was playing your commie deck the other day when we played. Yeah. And I, what was I? I was playing Rakdos. And he was lighting me up with my own stuff. And I said, stop copying all my things. And he said, well, stop playing all the best cards. And he had all the best cards. And in your hand, you have all the worst cards. Yeah, because all, all, all of my big casting cost guys were expensive because Rakdos kept getting killed. And I would drop one for like six or seven or eight mana. And Geoff would drop a clone for four and get the same thing. Yeah, or he'd drop a steal to your guy for four and... Oh, yeah, that was even better. That's a two-for-one. Yep, that's super good. Yep, so that's a good deck. I mean, mean, we talked about it in the Comedy of the Butt Crack episode. You can go and listen to that. It's back in our monocolor cycle way back when we started the show, so bear with us if it's not quite as fast-paced as it is now. We were Um, learning. But uh, it's on Tapped Out as well. You can check it out there. And A few changes made to that one. I think all the edit notes are in the comments. Uh, Yeah. Hey, did you put, um, what's it called, the... New monument. We always talk about how good the monuments are. Is a new monument in that one? It's going in there. I actually bought a foil one when I was in Edmonton uh, last weekend for Comic Con. Yeah, shout out to Edmonton, I guess. Um, yeah. The it's three blue creature spells cost one less to cast. When you cast a creature spell, tap something, keep it tapped, right? Yep. Uh, yeah, it's pretty good. Or keep something tapped. Either way, it's very good. Yeah. Yes. Those monuments are all good. Get your monuments, kids. Yes, they're also legendary, which is nice. Yeah, for Recky. Yes. Another throwback. We're going to throw back to every episode we've yeah, ever done. Yeah, you can done. listen to Recky on episode whatever as well. Yep. Yep. We're um, really good at also this. Also untapped out. Who's your next one? What is my next one? My next one is a little bit different because it's banned in Commander. <gasps> oh, I don't think it should be, but it is. So let's say you're playing Reaper King. Reaper King is where my vision of this is going. Okay, let's give Reaper King a, a read because he's legendary, but he's also a little bit weird. Reaper King... Is a six six for five or ten? I say five or ten. Five or ten, whatever. <laughs> whatever you want to pay for him. It actually is whatever you want to pay for him. <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, he's either one of each color: white, blue, black, red, green. Or you can not pay for one of the colors and pay two instead. Yeah, it's it's the, it's hybrid color or two. Yes, it's very good. He's a cool guy, and he's like I say, every he uh, makes other scarecrows get plus one plus one. Whenever another scarecrow enters the battlefield under your control, destroy target permanent. He's a cool general, uh, yep. and he's one of those uh, niche tribes, uh, which we're going to talk about in a later episode that I'm very excited about, and so is Ryan, and so should you be. I have no um, idea what he's talking about, actually. Of course he does. I actually don't, yes, and I'm I kind of, I have no idea. Excellent. Anyway, <laughs> so scarecrows rolling around in Shadowmoor, they kind of suck. Making a EDH deck out of them just isn't the best idea, but some people have tried, including myself. But if I could have played Coalition Victory, Reaper Ooh. King suddenly is a lot, lot, lot better, isn't he? Yep. What is Coalition Victory? Coalition Victory is a sorcery for white, blue, red, black, green, three. three. If you control a land of each type and a permanent of each color, you win the game. Yep. So Reaper King is your five colors. You paid... You have your five colors of mana to play him. Win. But he costs eight. Like, it costs eight. 
things that cost eight shouldn't be banned. You know? Yeah, you know what? I, I think the... And that's my discussion well, let's, point well, of the Let's thing. talk about it a little bit here because it costs eight and things that cost eight in Commander are things that win the game. That's Every definitely time, a thing. Every time, they, yeah. they don't. They don't explicitly say win the game like Coalition Victory does. Like Felidar Sovereign does? Felidar Sovereign costs six and it's easier to cast. And yeah, it, and it, it makes you win, you win if you game. haven't taken damage yet. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. I don't think that Coalition Victory should be banned because if you can, without taking any damage, ramp to six, let's say turn two or three, no, you can't. Well, you could, but yes, let's say could. it's turn four. Sure. And then you cast Felidar Sovereign. Or if turn one you play that 6-6 six, six flying lifelink guy that we were talking about to keep yourself above 40. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he he blocks. You drop him turn one. You drop ramp spells turn two, turn three, Felidar Sovereign turn four. And you have a blocker up that has lifelink. And you've attacked two or three times already with Sarah Ascendant. Um, you're going to win the game on the upkeep of your fifth turn. Yes. Um, so why is Coalition Victory banned? CCO Nation, let us know. Yeah, what do you think? Should it be banned? Yeah. What, can, can you cheat it into play so early with a prismatic omen and a scrap basket? You could with, um, okay, so Reaper King costs five. There's there's a bunch of things that you could play that cost five. Yeah, well, there's, there's a bunch of stuff. Transguild Courier is every color and only costs four. Right. Um, actually, I found a couple other ones that are Scarecrows, which I thought was neat. There's, um, who did I have here? Scrap Basket, which I mentioned before. He's a XX or whatever the hell big bigliness he is. He costs four. You tap one, he becomes all colors. There's another one called Scuttlemutt, which is actually pretty good. He's a 1-1 one, one for three that taps for any color. And target thing becomes and, any color. Yeah, and yeah taps he's an Animar. Yeah, and taps to make things colors. But yeah, so there are lots of ways of get Coalition Victory still costs eight. So, should it be banned? I don't think it should be banned. I, when I started playing Commander, I didn't think that it should be banned. It costs eight! Yeah, at no point did I ever think it should be banned. If, I actually was very surprised when I went to put it in slivers and found out it was banned. Yeah, that's that's weird. I yeah. don't know. Maybe, so, maybe it's it's a relic of bygone strategy. Maybe. If anybody can explain it to us, by all means. If you can make the argument why... At the it very least, point us to the article that talks about it because it's been banned forever. Yeah, I don't it, think it's ever not been banned. It's been banned forever. So, speaking of things that are banned, okay, no, are, are we are we cool on coalition? Victory? I think we're I think we're cool on coalition victory. It's another unexpected win condition that you just get for having things. I like things that make you win just for having stuff, just yeah. for playing. That's what I like about that chance encounter. It's like I'm just doing what I want to do. You anyway, know what though? And you how, just win. How about um? How about we're going to get into another card that's actually banned, but then after that, we're going to talk about a couple ways that are not you win the game, like alternate win con style wins. Right. What's the other card that's banned that you wanted to talk about? Biorhythm. 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 When we were talking about the Sapperling deck a couple of weeks ago, I had talked about how I had built a Sapperling deck, and in that Sapperling deck was Biorhythm before it got banned. And you know how many games it won me? Uh, no, Biorhythm's been banned forever. Oh, then you, it was you had it in there, and then we called you out on it. Right, you were no, like, "What the, what the heck is this doing, banned?" Yeah, yeah. heck, <laughs> I love it because you can say it all you want. Yeah, heck. So I went to win with Biorhythm, the one and only time I ever actually had course to win with Biorhythm, and it's banned. Now let's give Biorhythm a read here because it's banned. Nobody plays with it. Okay, 
I'm so bad at spelling. Okay, Biorhythm is a sorcery for Green Green 6. So it costs 8. It costs more than Felidar Sovereign. Each player's life total becomes the total number of creatures he or she controls. Hmm. I can see how that would be. Powerful. Powerful, yeah. Yeah, that'd be pretty good. Mm -hmm. If you could cast a sweeper before that, which probably cost 4. So now we're up to paying 12 mana to win the game. And then all you have to do is get a dude. For free, probably not. So you have to pay for your dude. So now you're up to paying 13 mana to win the game. You could always, uh, what is it, Colony Garden? Yeah. Which is still 13 mana because it comes into play tapped. You're not getting anything from it. But Colony Garden, utility land. Yeah, get your utility land. Comes into play, get a 0-1 plant token. Yep, that's what I actually have written down here. So oh, it go. takes your land drop for the turn, 8 mana for Biorhythm, 4 mana for a sweeper, because I'm assuming you're going to sweep the board of all of their dudes. Bontu's Last Reckoning first. Oh, yeah, that, so That re- reduces your, yeah, yeah. By one. Yeah. That's, or Nev's Disc or something that you, you have to wait on before you can use it. Yes. So you're spreading that win con over two turns. Now, um, the reason we're so soft on Biorhythm, as opposed to being hard on it, is it costs 8, just like eight. Coalition Victory does. We're comparing it to something like the five cards, really, the four cards from Onslaught or Odyssey Block or Felidar Sovereign all say you win the game. Incidentally, you just win. Just for being there. Yeah. And the other thing about Biorhythm is there's a very close reprint that does the same thing. It's from from Dragons of Tarkir. It's called Shaman of Forgotten Ways. So when you Shaman of Forgotten Ways, he's your creature. So just give them indestructible or something. Put a put a dark steel plate in your deck. Like you might want to put that in there anyways, right? So Shaman of Forgotten Ways is a two three human shaman for green two. He taps to add two mana of any color to your mana pool. You use it only to cast creatures. Okay, fine, cool. That's he's neat. a he's it's a pretty good. he's a two mana dork for three mana. Yeah, great. He has formidable. So formidable is. If you have uh, creatures with power eight or greater. Yes. And he's already got two power, so you only need six other power of dudes. So that's one dude. Yeah. In th- in theory, in green. It's one guy. Yeah. So uh, you can play him in like a two-color deck or whatever. You probably wouldn't wrath unless you can give all your stuff indestructible or what have you. You just kill somebody's dude or somebody's couple creatures. You kill them. And then you say uh, green, green, nine, tap. Each player's life total becomes the number of creatures he or she controls, right? Sure, it costs and, nine. And, and then the reminder is activate this ability only if creatures you control have total power f- eight or greater. That's formidable. Yes. He does kind of the same thing. He, he does exactly the same he, thing. He is your creature that keeps you alive, keeps you at one. You just eliminate the other player's creatures and then win. And sure, it's a little bit more complicated to get that to work. It costs but, 11 to do that. Well, so does playing Biorhythm. Yeah, so does playing by the by rhythm. And we've got to do a little bit more work here because you got to have other creatures and stuff in play to activate the ability. But, but you're better protected in that one. Like in in bio, let's say you're doing the biorhythm colony garden trick, where the only creature in play is a zero one plant. There are janky removal spells that could kill a zero one plant, like any removal spell in the history of magic, which immediately would end the game and you lose. Yes, you don't win. You Everybody lose instead. Lose. You could play something garbagey like spawning breath. Can you imagine somebody spawning breathing your yeah. oh, oh, red, oh. One, red one instant? Kill a thing. Put an Eldrazi spawn into play. Biorhythm on the stack. I'll sp- 
kill your stupid plant. I'll get a spawn. <laughs> yes. I'll win instead of you. <laughs> Who's laughing now? You just paid eight for that, you asshole. <laughs> and that's how that would go. <sighs> but it's banned. I don't understand why it's banned. I think it should be unbanned. I can't argue. Yeah. See, we're talking about incidental wins and just, I don't know, some of the things that don't allow you to incidentally win. It's almost like Wizards hates incidentally winning. Except they printed so many cards to do it. Yeah, but there's... And then it, the rules yeah. committee won't ban them. Precisely. Like Felidar Sovereign or yeah. those cards from Odyssey Block. Yeah. I'm not saying ban those cards. Please don't listen to this and think that I want those cards banned. Yeah, no, bans are ridiculous for the most part. There are a couple of cards I've talked about wanting to ban, like the 6-6 Flying Lifelinker for freaking one. I think that that's a too powerful card, but that's just me because I don't like to play mono white life gaining crap because mm. it's hard to beat. Yep. Stupid. Definitely a viable strategy. Speaking of which, let's go into that. Yeah. Let's go into that because that was one of the things I thought of, not specifically uh, mono white life gain dot deck or that white black life gaining deck that wizard so hardly or so badly, so muchly is pushing. Everything seems like it's coming out. It's for the white black life gain deck. Have you have you seen the trend? Everything is pay this life or gain here or drain here, gain that, gain like everything. There's that new commander in um, Ixalan where you pay seven tapper to destroy something. Oh man. Yeah, super sick. Vindicate on a seven life stick. Jesus. Yep, I like it. This still isn't that. I like this little shell. You could slot this in somewhere. Just to kind of wheel it back, the stuff I was talking about are things that you would put in decks that we have already kind of talked about to give you an incidental win while you're doing another thing. Ryan's come up with a few things that you could just slot into some of your decks to just bust out like some kind of, ha surprise, this yes. is in here too, get wrecked. And you know what? This one, I kind of want to build it. I think it would be a Mardu type thing. And I would maybe build it into um, Edgar Markov or one of the new Mardu generals, and it wouldn't be Vampire Tribal. Excellent. Everybody's doing Vampire Tribal. Go on to edhrec.com, go on to Tapped Out, find the vampire lists with um, Fiend Hunter, like uh, Mathis Fiend Hunter, Edgar Markov, and uh, the other new Mardu general. What's her name? Uh, Luce, Lucia? Lucia? Blood Tribute? Tribune? I don't know. Whatever. Why One of the new ones from C17. Um, everybody's got that Zergo Helm Smasher deck that's got, it's like monorath.deck, and you attack with him. That's the one I was referencing yep. earlier that plays World Slayer because he's indestructible, right? Yep. I want to do this. It starts with Oblivion Ring type effect. Okay. Okay, so Oblivion Ring type effect says uh, when it enters a battlefield, remove target permanent from the game right. until Oblivion Ring type effect leaves the battlefield. Lots of those out there. Yep. So Oblivion Ring, let's say. I cast Oblivion Ring naming Baron Glory. What's Baron Glory? Baron Glory is an enchantment for white, white, four. At the beginning of your upkeep, if you control no permanents other than Baron Glory and have no cards in hand, guess what? You win the game. Huh. So why would you put that underneath a Oblivion Ring? Why would you put that under an Oblivion Ring, Ryan? Because after you do that... You cast Apocalypse. So Apocalypse, let's see, let's see what, what does Apocalypse do. It is a sorcery for two red, 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 so five. Remove all permanents from the game, discard your hand. So you remove all the permanents from the game, and then your Baron Glory that was under your Oblivion Ring comes back in. You discard your hand, so your hand's empty. Then the next time your turn starts, you only have a Baron Glory and an empty hand. 
And you win. And you win. And that goes into a Mardu list, I think, because you want to play that black and white life gain dot deck because I'd also slide in near-death experience, which says at the beginning of your upkeep, if you have exactly one life, you win the game. And it's an enchantment for white, 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 two. It's another win the gamer. And there's all kinds of things in that black, white life gain deck to pay you down to one life exactly. You could yeah. use Necropotence. You could use Wall of Blood. Let you pay a life to give the wall yeah. plus one, plus one. Use Hatred. Use Hatred. You love Hatred. I love Hatred. And you 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 can sneak out Voltron wins in a non-Voltron deck with Hatred. Use um, Unspeakable Symbol. Same thing. Pay three life, give it plus one, plus one. As long as your life total is a multiple of three, plus one, <laughs> yes. you can get down to one. In the same deck, you could also play um, Worship. As long, It's an enchantment. As long as you control a creature, if your life total would be reduced to less than one, it's reduced to one instead. And then you automatically win. Worship, incidentally enough, was also released as one of those invocations cards that you can't effing read. Heck. Yes. Heck that lettering. F that card. Yes. So there's there's a whole bunch of little funny interactions that go into that deck. You could play Ad Nauseam in that deck. We know how much I love Ad Nauseam. Ad Nauseam is excellent. You know what else you could do? You could set up a whole little Doomsday combo with that deck. Baron Glorio, Baron Glorio Oblivion Ring, and Apocalypse. All those cards sound so fucking awesome. Yes, too, I hey? know, right? Baron Glory, Apocalypse, Oblivion Ring, Worship. So tell me. Why is it <laughs> that Apocalypse at two, red, 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 totally cool? Yep. That's fine. Exile all permanents, discard your hand, is okay. Why is that okay? But Worldfire is not okay. <laughs> Worldfire. Yeah. How much does Worldfire cost? Ah. Uh, nine. Nine. Even more oh, than eight. I got into a little argument on Twitter when I said something about, uh, remember last week, just we'll go back to Worldfire in a second. We were talking about dinosaurs and the polarizing kind of design feel of Ixalan. Yeah. Um, the guys over on Commander and Podcast, commanderandmtg.com is their website. Do we like them? Uh, yeah, we like those guys. Shout out to those guys. Y- yeah, but F them. Yeah. Um, F you guys. Because they didn't agree with me. Yeah, pff, F them for sure then. <laughs> yeah. Just, ju- we were talking about the polarized nature. Everything feels like Wizards is pushing us, I think. It feels like they're pushing us to say, Commander, don't go down the road of that low converted mana cost hyper deck. Here's something that's so head and shoulders more powerful that would be fun in Commander, but it costs seven or eight. It's or costed nine. for the old style commander. And this was I, I still feel like that, but I've come to the realization that I was just a little bit off base with it because I felt like Ixalon was pushing that down my throat a little bit too much. But I've come to realize now that it's because those powerful effects that we want to play so badly that I thought Wizards was pushing on us are actually all stapled to dinosaurs. And dinosaurs are just all big-ass creatures. And you can't just, unless we're talking about Sarah Ascendant, you can't just make a huge creature for a tiny little mana cost. They're all big creatures with big mana costs and big effects because they're all rares and mythics. So while I still don't really like it that much, I love Ixalan, I love that we have dinosaurs and pirates, I just think that there's a little bit too much of them all in that high end of the converted mana cost. Like when you look at um, 
converted mana cost seven or higher over the past four or five sets. Ixalan has like 13 cards at seven and above. And everything else, I think the highest set previous to that over the last five or six sets has like seven cards. So it's got double the amount of cards almost that that a normal set does above the seven converted or seven and a and higher converted mana cost. And seven is hard to get to unless seven you're is hard even, to get even to. in Commander Seven could be hard to get to. That could be a thing, and and I think that uh, if we keep seeing that kind of trend, maybe we're going to get away from on EDH Rec that average converted mana cost trending downwards. Maybe we're, we're we can see that in the future and and get more cards like Commander of Old when it's oh I want to play everything that's fun that I can't play in Standard or Modern or Limited because it costs seven. Let's move back to that because I think that's going to open up a lot more archetypes. Yeah. I just want wizards to be careful and not print everything at 7 plus CMC that we have to play. I don't want that. I also do not want that. Right? Yeah. That that 4 to 6, that 3 to 7 kind of range is good. Print the more powerful stuff at 7. Fine. Great. That's how magic works. Um, print the efficient removal spells or ramp at the lower costs that's how it's supposed to work just give us interesting variations or flavorful variations on everything i touched on that last week uh, as well about um maybe going a little bit too deep on dinosaurs like how many dinosaurs are there 30 some yeah there's actually no there's i think there might be even more than that because i was going over one to make a quick list for a later show and i found that once i had added all of the i'm gonna say i'm gonna say good dinosaurs because i did add some janky ones too just for the sake of flavor I didn't have room for a lot of the other stuff that I wanted to put in. Yeah. So there's a lot of dinosaurs in that deck, it turns out. A lot of, we like, we wanted dinosaurs so bad, so they threw it on us, and then I got confused about what, how much mana they should cost, and I think that they go a little bit too deep in, in giving us, like I was saying last week, the plus one, plus one dinosaur and the mana ramp dinosaur. The plus one, plus one dinosaur does cost like six. Yeah, I think it, that's fair. It doesn't need to be six. It could have just been stapled to a small... They made all of the dinosaurs big... And there were small dinosaurs. I don't know if the people at Wizards knew that. There are some that are not giant city-destroying killing machines. There were some that were smaller that you could print at, say, two that could also do something neat. Hmm, like a turtle. Yes. A turtle with cannons that come out of its shoulder and shoot water Wait, or lasers. Hold that's on. Pokemon. That's a different game, yeah. <laughs> and that, that's not an invocation card either. <laughs> no, it's it's not. Although turtle, laser thing, there's also a transformer, which I have. Oh, very good. Anyways... Worldfire, World going Fire. back to that, banned card, but Apocalypse isn't. Also in this deck I was just talking about, Decree of Annihilation and Jockelhops. Jockelhops? Jockelhops? I always call it Jockelhops. Jockelhops? Yeah. That's how we say it in Canada. Yeah. F-U. F-U um, everywhere else. Th- they destroy all lands and all enchantments and all... All of all of Creatures. The yeah, and a Decree of Annihilation costs 10. Jockelhops is what? Six? Six or seven. My fingers are very fat. What am I doing? <laughs> what am I doing with my life? Whatever. The point is, I can't spell Jockelhops. Neither can Ryan. <laughs> no. We can't look it up to read it for you. Look it up yourself. Yeah. Good luck, CCO Nation. Mm, yeah. F freaking spelling class. So the other one that I had, it's a little bit smaller shell. It's not like the, the five or six huge control The, the one spells. you're just talking about isn't a huge 
thing. No, but Oblivion, I, listed, I listed like 10 cards. Uh, not not my main three there, but I listed a whole bunch more that go in the same deck. But really, the only two that you need are Apocalypse and Baron Glory. Those are the only two things that you wouldn't normally play because you're already going to probably play Oblivion Ring oh, Effect. Yeah. Or Oblivion already, Ring Effect. Yeah, I like yeah. that. Like you're already going to have that stuff. You're just putting these two things in. Like, <laughs> I'll show <laughs> these guys. I'll learn them good. Exactly. Yeah. Like, you're already doing that. So, so. Here, here's my other one. Is uh, and it's a little bit of a cheapy. It's a little bit cheap, like the, my my last one is um, new card C seventeen. It's in the dragon deck. Okay, fractured identity, sorcery for white blue three, exile target non land permanent, and then each of that permanent's controller's opponents put a copy of that card onto the battlefield. I cast Phage the Untouchable. I target it with fractured identity. It exiles, and each of my opponents get a Phage. No, what? Why is that so bad? I feel Phage is probably <laughs> it's awesome. So cheap! I'm a piece of crap. Okay, wait, wait, let's see why. I'm gonna look up Phage here real quick. Okay, Phage the Untouchable is uh, four four Avatar minion, legendary creature. She could be your general, maybe. Let, let's let's keep let's keep reading here. Three black 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 black. So seven. When Phage the Untouchable enters the battlefield, if you didn't cast it from your hand, you lose the game. You're a piece of shit, Ryan. <laughs> yeah. So, Fractured Identity gives all you chumps a phage, and then her ability goes on the stack, and if it checks, where did she come from? Not your hand? For playing mana? You die. Lose. Yeah. And wow. Fractured Identity is a card that you'd play, so really you just have to find room for phage. And, and I guess like the way to cast for hard black. Yeah. She can't be your general with Fractured Identity in the deck, but somebody like Oloro could. Well, she can't be your general anyway, because you play her from the command zone and you lose the game. <laughs> uh, you could play her with um, Torpor Orb. Yeah. Or uh, Command Tower. Command Beacon, sorry. Yeah, put it takes her your from hand. your command zone to your hand, and then you cast her. Yeah, so you, you, could, you could play Phage. There's there's lists around it, but it's kind of just a bunch of cheap tricks like that. Yeah. And I'm, I like Fractured Identity better. It's the cheapest of the tricks. Yeah, that is like the cheapest thing. How much does Fractured Identity cost to play? Five. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. man. So I uh, I took it even a step further and thought, okay, well, you're playing Esper colors. Play a Loro. He's gonna gain you life to buff until you search for Phage, or just play Doomsday and put her in a pile with like Moonlight Bargain. <laughs> <laughs> you just draw the last five cards that you put in your library, and if they kill uh, Phage with your Moonlight Bargain, just also put in your Doomsday stack. Laboratory Maniac and, like, whatever. You could put in whatever other douchebag combo you're going to play because you're playing Doomsday. And if you don't know what Doomsday is, you just look up Doomsday. There's billions of lists that play Doomsday. Yeah. Doomsday is cool, and, and it's a Yu-Gi-Oh!-style invocation. Is it? Yeah. Good picture. I'll be the judge of that. One moment. Confirmed. Very cool. So there we have some alternate win conditions. Some super fun, incidental, super banned that shouldn't be, or just kind of quick FUs out of the pocket. Yeah, that might actually fit into what is a real, like an already real deck, like the Zergo Helm Smasher or the Black White Life Gain or one of the new Mardu Vampire lists from C17 if you pick that one up. Yeah, you can easily kind of splash those things. And some of mine, again, were more like you kind of have to build around them a little bit, but nobody's going to see that crap coming. Yeah. Nobody wants to see you flipping coins, losing them, and... Well, maybe they do, but <laughs> <laughs> it's super fun to try that kind of stuff. And there's lots of ways to break that open. And you can play stuff like Boom Pile and 
Um, it destroys all permanents that aren't land to keep yourself safe for flipping coins. There's lots of ways you can. Maybe you could play Boom Pile and something like Zuran Orb, which lets you sacrifice all your lands to gain life. And you could have a coin flip win condition. You could have a Baron Glory win condition because you're not going to have any lands left. And you could have, because you're gaining all those life with Zuran Orb, you could have a plus 50 or plus 40 life win condition. You could have a deck that doesn't attack or play real spells at all. You could not even play magic and just go on autopilot and drink beer. What? Yes. Would we ever advocate something like no. that ever? Not no. us. Not here. So anyways, that aside, we're kind of wrapping up our Ark of the Archetype here. Ark of the Archetype? Wow, that's another throwback. <laughs> I'm so good at this. Jesus. We're wrapping up our Ark of the Unexpected. Moving along, I think what we're going to do kind of coming up in the future here, I think me and Ryan talked about it a little bit, what we're going to do is... Again, throwing back to our first kind of arc of our monocolor commanders, what we're going to do next is, I think, the five buddy colors? Yes, so, ally colors. Yeah, but what we're going to do is we're going to build those ally colors, and we're going to flip them on their heads, and we're going to do something you will never see coming. Yes! It's going to be excellent. We have a few ideas in the works. We got some, the gears are turning, and I think it's going to be really exciting. You guys are going to dig this. Yep. Yes, we're good at building decks, and we're good at building janky decks, and we're good at doing off-the-wall stuff. So we're going to do some of that stuff for you guys. We're going to show off a little bit. Yep, and you know what the other thing is, too? Just a reminder, keep a lookout for where we're going to be hosted coming up here in the next couple weeks. Um, right now, Brando and I are both busy with work, and I don't want that to be an excuse for the podcast, but I am finishing the construction of my house. I'm working out of town in a different province it's like states if you're from the Americans, only it's a province. Yes. And I have a baby on the way in like three weeks. My wife is like 700 weeks pregnant. Is it three weeks? That's that soon, uh, hey? Yeah. This podcast is getting recorded on October 1st, and she is due on October 23rd. So that's like 22 days. Holy heck. I know. Oh, man. And Rebecca went from being not pregnant at all, like you couldn't tell, right. to being pregnant AF. As heck. <laughs> A-H. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. That's, that's the throwback to us being Canadian. Yeah. A-H. I like it. So keep a lookout for the new logo. Let us know what kind of new branding or what kind of interaction you'd like to have with us and how you would like to support the show and what you want to get from it. Yeah. Like if you want to support the show, we don't want to just want to give you the show. We're already giving you the show. So if we can do something more for you to help uh, grease them wheels, let us know. Yeah, we like greasing things up. Yep. That's how Rebecca got pregnant. <laughs> Boom! I like that. That's a good one. Nobody saw that one coming, and neither did she. Oh, neither oh. did I. Oh, no. I was the most surprised oh. that anybody on the earth. I was also surprised. Another throwback. Ryan told me that Rebecca was pregnant right here on the show. Oh, yeah. What episode was that? Uh, I don't remember. Episode three or four? It was super early on in the, the life of the show. It was very good. Wow been that long already it has and we're only on like episode 27 that feels like a long ass time ago we missed a couple of weeks and time flies and having fun i suppose yeah and here we've reached the end of another episode speaking of time flying like we while well, you're having fun yeah so that's the end of our arc of the unexpected ending abruptly and unexpectedly and we'll be back next week we're going to do a one-off super neat uh deck that's based around our contest winner me and um, 
we're going to do a, a neat tribal deck for you. We're going to show you how you build tribal deck with limited resources because the tribe is small. And we're going to show you how to do that and so much more on the next episode of Commander Cookout Podcast. Hit our theme song! <laughs>